0: nature of this program, listener discretion is advised.
1: All right, welcome to episode three of Cinematic Quicksand. All right. I am your host, Gary Michael Schultz, and I am here with my co-host, the man who loves his mother more than Norman Bates. I'm talking about the Doge Michael Dozier.
2: Wow. Yes. Yes. I am Norman Bates, and you are Seymour uh, Skinner. <laughs> you silhouette picture your mom. I know it. I draw silhouette pictures of my mother? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we all know it. We, we know it. And we respect that hobby. It's a, it's a beautiful moment you guys share. Yeah, we picked this episode um, because we love the moms. You know, I think a uh, big fan of the moms. And, and it
1: just seemed appropriate with Mother's Day coming. Yeah,
2: out. you know, shout out to the, the mom characters, which is the, the craziest profession you can choose. You know, to be a mom, that's, that's crazy. And uh, it's a hard job. And some of these moms do it really well. And some of them are horrible at it. As I can say, personally... I have a great mom. My mom's worst quality is that she will mail you a card for any occasion. And inside that card, there will be glitter. <laughs> there will be a lot of glitter. Birthday, Christmas, if your dog dies, bam, glitter bomb. That's just, and she... And Fourth of July, That's President her little Day. rush. She just like sprinkling glitter in, and it's just like a little sparkle, but glitter never goes away. So there's like, glitter's in my house 24-7. This one's for uh, the people who had good moms, because after watching these movies, uh, there's not a lot of us.
1: So, this episode, we want to get to the bottom of... Is she a good mom or a bad mom?
2: All right, who's up
1: first? Um, can I go first? Yes. Well, the first one I think is obvious. I'm talking about Sarah Connor, played by Linda Hamilton, in the film Terminator 2, Judgment
2: Day.
0: You broke my arm. There are 215
2: bones in the human body. That's one. Hell yeah. So what do you think? Good mom or bad mom? Sarah Connor? Hella good mom. I mean, obviously. There's really no debate. Yeah, I mean, this film uh, came out in
1: 1991. It was directed by James Cameron. Uh, If you haven't seen it, I don't know where you've been for 30 years.
2: Exactly. Everybody knows about T2, you know? Yeah.
1: And Linda Hamilton, uh, a.k.a. Sarah Connor, will do anything to protect not only her son, played by Ed Furlong, and also, by the way, uh, I really wanted a dirt bike as a kid. For oh, hell yeah. He made dirt bikes cool <laughs> as fuck. And, uh, and also, she wants to save humanity from Skynet. You're missing one important part. What, oh, what would that be exactly?
2: Guns and Roses. Oh, my God. Well, I was getting to that. No. So, when, you, when you do the lineup for T2, you talk about Arnold, you talk about the fucking dirt bike, you talk about Linda Hamilton, and then you talk about fucking Guns and Roses song. Listen, the song
1: was "You Could Be Mine," and I do not need to be educated on GNR. I'm just I'm saying GNR for life. I apologize for not including that in my original lineup.
0: No problema.
1: T2 holds a special place in my heart because it was the first rated R movie eleven year old Gary ever saw. In oh the hell yeah, that's
2: awesome. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good one to yes. bust your uh, rated R cherry to, dude. It, it really was. I remember. Um, my my cousin wanted terminator 2 so bad for christmas so uh my aunt and uncle bought a bootleg version and it was awesome and he was just like Santa Claus got me terminator 2 and it <laughs> from was clearly the,
1: from, a bootleg <laughs> from the flea market <laughs>
2: <laughs> so like Santa Claus was slinging uh bootleg T2s but we didn't care it was it was T2 anytime we wanted and i watched that movie so many times and it's because bootleg Santa Claus so sh- shout out so what um what do you think would be her her best mom quality? There, uh, she
1: is a mother that protects at all costs. That is her best mom quality.
2: A protector. That's the that's the positive thing. Yeah. she's the she is a protector, mother protector, and mama a, bear. Yeah, and just really her kid and all of humanity too. I mean, she's really all she's Mother Earth for us, bro. Uh, Sarah Connor, the character she created, just became oh. just so iconic. She was never like a uh, a milk and cookies mom, you know. She was like more of a guns grenades mom, you know. Like, so I can see that. It might yeah. have came with a, a little baggage. Is is John Connor, you know, uh, really stable? I don't know. Probably not. No, but was John Connor ever going to be stable? Exactly. He doesn't need to be. He needs to fucking save the world. In he fact, that fucker be able- better be unstable as fuck. <laughs> exactly. If we need him to save our asses. I-, I need John Connor to be able to talk about his feelings. You know, that's what, uh, that's what I'm worried about. Him. I don't like, think you're getting that but, out of uh, Terminator. Like, yeah. So, that's the only thing. Maybe a little psychological damage, but he needed it. So, good mom, uh, definitely. I'll cross the board. So, we, we both agree, overall, a good mom. Good mom. Uh, Aside from maybe almost
1: killing that family, although I will argue she was going to do it to save humanity... Uh, but she wouldn't have because
2: it, it, like, <laughs> they needed to destroy the arms. So she wasn't really thinking. She's like, I'm going to pop this dude and be like, then what? She reacted to the situation and that's bad. She should have responded to it. But her know? reaction was of that, of the, the protector. Of murder. <laughs> <laughs> murder. I'm a Terminator. How about some fast facts on T2? Um, Yeah, T2, same mall as Fast Time at Ridgemont High. Boom. No shit. And I have one that will blow your mind. So do you know who was supposed to be the original uh, T-1000? Who? A little rock and roll singer called Billy Idol. What? He got in a motorcycle accident and couldn't do it. James Cameron wanted Billy Idol to be the Billy T-1000. Idol
1: was going to be the T-1000 instead of Robert Patrick? Again, the
2: whole world would be different.
0: Oh my God. Three billion human lives ended on
2: August 29th, 1997. The survivors of the nuclear fire called the war Judgment Day. Next up, we have the 1983 comedy classic starring Michael Keaton, written by John Hughes, directed oh, yeah. by Stan gradati Dragotti. Dragotti. Hey, forget about <laughs> it. He directed Mr. Mom.
0: All right. Yeah, let's get into it.
2: Now, this is a little loophole here. Um, I mean, you could be Mr. Mom. And, this and movie, still be a mom. And be a mom, you know? So we
1: recently rewatched this film, and admittedly, we hadn't seen it in a while. Michael Keaton uh, loses his job, and his wife goes to work. Now, that is a storyline that.
2: Would not probably work today. It's not a big deal today. That happens like all the time now. Yes, yes. Right now, if that premise came out, it would be so insulting. and would be like, what, 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 how do you do that? But in 1983, that was like a big movie to actually come out. It was
1: hilarious. I mean, the jokes were sometimes a little bit dated, but it was a great performance by Michael Keaton. On a beer? Seven o'clock in the morning. Scotch? He, he had a great arc in the film. He you know, he starts to let himself go and then
2: yeah, he builds himself up again. You know, it's it's definitely that like, I can't do this. I'm sad. I don't want to. I'm so like worthless. Grows a beard gets a little fat, yeah. great Orson Welles joke in there, and then... Uh, <laughs> at first,
1: then, he can't even drop the kids off at school, and by
2: halfway through the movie, he's... But then he owns it, and yeah. then, he, then he starts redemption.
1: I yelled at Kenny today for color coloring outside the lines. Megan and I are starting to watch the same TV shows... And I'm liking them. What's good and what's bad about them? Let's break that down. So good is he helped his son, I guess, grow up by taking away the woody blanket in a positive way because he gave his son the option of if in a few days you wanted it back, he would give it back to him. So he allowed his son to make that decision. He also, uh, he stayed faithful. Every housewife in town was coming over to play P-Knuckle. Yeah. And uh, they were all trying to take a swing at that. He stayed faithful. He had a little
2: Mm -hmm. moment where it was like, is he going to do it or not? Situations, you know, he didn't know what was going on, but he was true to his gun. And also, what's great is he, he got to punch Jeffrey Tambor in the face. And that's like... That makes everybody a good dad If you have a chance to do that Yeah
1: I mean he told him If you talk to my child like that again I'm going to punch you in the face And then he said
2: I told you so And what happened? You got punched in the face And that's what you fucking get Yeah You talk (laughs) shit about Michael Keaton's kid You're going to get punched in the face That is a good mom quality In my book yeah. You um, know, he, he did a little guilt trip here and there, you know, whatever. Is that really healthy? I don't know.
0: The house is a mess, Jack. The kids are a mess, Jack. You're a mess, Jack. I'd leave anything else out. Yeah, well, I think, wife I think a there little was some bit.
2: jealousy. The wife wasn't around you for know, the Halloween trip, so. But, but he accepted that. And he yeah. also, you know, didn't like her boss. He He should have punched that guy too. I mean, really, the boss who later on
1: went uh, to be Roseanne's boss in Roseanne. Leon. <laughs> <laughs> well, you sound like a pretty handy guy. The boss, Martin Mole. Martin Mole. Martin Mole. Put some respect
2: on his oh, name. Sorry, he, and you know what? He is a very punchable have we face?
1: mentioned that Terry Gar plays Michael Keaton's wife. Yeah, Terry guards amazing. Fucking for shame on us. Terry Garr is She's, amazing. She is the uh, Mrs. Dad in this movie. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> She's Mrs. Dad, Michael Keaton's Mr. Mom. It was a different time then.
0: he have been wearing this shirt around the house for about two weeks now. Can walk around by itself. Why don't you retire that thing to the Dry Cleaning Hall of Fame, huh?
2: Because it's a comfortable shirt. Uh, do you have any fast facts on this one? Um, yeah, actually, Michael Keaton uh, turned down the movie Splash for this movie. Holy shit.
1: Now, Mr. Mom was a hit, but Splash was a gigantic hit.
2: Yeah, but I don't know. I think that they both played to their strengths yeah
1: i think it was a good choice but wow uh that's crazy anything else john hughes turned down directing this movie because it was filming in la he didn't want to film in la wow so he wrote the script turned down <laughs> directing the movie yeah. turned it the reins over to a director's name that you can't even stand pronounce got pro- yeah that it's you a can't even pronounce properly <laughs> yeah i know a and all because that. he didn't Want to shoot it in LA, he wanted to shoot it in Chicago, I'm assuming?
2: Yeah. And And us
1: being both Chicago boys, I respect it. I respect it, yeah. 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 We're we're starting two for two on the Good Moms. Uh, I have to agree, Good Mom. Yeah. Unanimously, two for two, Good Mom.
2: Want to talk about the beard? All right. The beard's in its transitional
1: stage right now, that's all. When it comes in, it's going to look great. All right, so next on our list is the 1976 Classic directed by Brian Del Palma. You know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, I know. I'm talking
2: about the original Carrie.
0: Creepy Carrie! Creepy Carrie!
2: <laughs> yes. All hail pig blood from the sky. <laughs> it's terrible. That's my favorite. I mean, honestly, if I'm talking movies that have pig blood, this is my favorite movie that involves pig blood.
1: Uh, that's fair, considering I can't really think of another one that involves pig blood. Pig
2: blood. Pig blood uh, was also my first band. It is not, but pig blood is a good band name. We'll put it yeah. down. Yeah, write that down. Write it down.
1: So uh, Carrie's mother, Margaret White, played by Piper Laurie, uh, who is fantastic in the role, but absolutely
2: terrifying, and in my
1: opinion, a terrible mother.
2: Yeah, she uh, doesn't have many redeeming qualities here. This is a bad mom uh, across the board. I think she's most guilty of um, being religious. Let's just put it like, but being well, like uncomfortably. extorting
1: her religious beliefs really to an uncomfortable level. Yeah, like calling her daughter Satan, locking her in rooms.
0: <coughs>
1: her mom loves herself some Jesus. Yes, she does. She would be what we would uh I guess stereotypically call a religious nut. Yeah, for
2: sure. Like, I get it. Believe what you gotta believe in.
1: Yeah. I mean, we're not talking about the you know, people that are going to church on Sunday. I'm talking about people that think they are the church on Sunday.
2: But I'm I'm thinking about the people who like throw their daughter in a closet and make them like pray. Um, I'm talking about the people who stab their daughter and push her daughter down on a flight of stairs. Fuck all those people. Like, yeah, this is like Carrie's mom's got some um She's got some bad qualities. Okay, this movie starts off with a lot of um, boobs and bush. I wasn't expecting that. Uncomfortable, but it was just like, but it was such a vulnerable like introduction to this character. You can't get more vulnerable than being naked in a high school bathroom. Character is just like beautifully like shown to us, and then just like shattered in a million pieces in the first like few minutes of the movie, and it connects you with this character so much that you're like. I'm with you, girl, even if you make all these people burn alive in this fucking school. I mean, really, my personal love of outcasts in film
1: and society in general, uh, you know, uh, I was like, burn.
2: That probably wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for her horrible mom. Yeah, by essentially torturing her so much throughout her life,
1: uh, Carrie was able to either develop or recognize that she was actually telekinetic. And that she has telekinesis, True. Um, which I mean, I guess, uh,
2: she uses uh, very effectively in the movie, might I add. So the only mistake really Carrie does, and I'm telling this to everybody out there who might uh, be living with a religious parent and has telekinesis powers, mm. I'm just saying if you show your religious parent your telekinesis power, mm. they're going to call you the devil. I see where you're going with this, and uh, yeah, she did call her daughter Satan, and it was after she moved some shit with her mind. That will do it. You know, you shut a couple yeah. windows with your mind, you're going to get called Satan. Come on, Carrie, you need to be smarter. You're, you you got to like, you gotta keep that on the sly or just, boom, blaze her right away. You can't I, just give her a little taste. you got to give it to her all, right? Uh, I right cannot, out the gate. Yeah, I can't argue with logic like that. That was the only uh, bad move I thought on on Carrie's part. But, I mean, her mom, I mean, legit, stabs her daughter down the flight of stairs. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. (laughs) And just crucified at the end. It's just like this beautiful, like, poetry that, I mean, De Palma does kill. I mean, this movie is fun and it's gritty and it's it's beautiful and it's scary it, it, he, he kills his i mean dress He's to kill, kill
1: blowout, awesome. scarface probably like, way. it's brian del palma
2: he in can the make movies in the 70s and 80s yeah. that motherfucker was he was one of so the masters fun. it was such like ah oh, they don't make movies like no one makes movies like this <laughs> 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 we we forgot to mention that old Johnny Boy. John Travolta's in this movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess I just took it And John Travolta is saying, hey, keep your tits on. John Travolta uh, is in a movie that is strongly about Catholicism (laughs) saying, keep your tits on. I don't think that's something you should say anymore. Um, I don't know know if John Travolta 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 in the 70s. It was a different time.
0: Get her done. You can't do it from standing out here. Get her done, man.
1: We know says get her done and made that a catchphrase and made millions of dollars
2: off it. Yeah, I think Larry the Cable Guy owes uh, John Travolta a fucking a couple dimes. Jet? Yes. Yeah.
1: A jet. A jet. <laughs> um, and of course, the most
2: classic uh, um, they're line all, of them all. Yeah. They're all going to laugh at you. When when I was growing up, to be honest, they're all going to laugh at you meant Adam Sandler. That's what I associated that. You know, they're all going to laugh at you. Oh. That was Adam Sandler. And then when I saw Carrie, I was just like, wait a minute. What? And like, I got to admit, I. Realize that very late in the life that that mind, it was that he
1: was satire. Yeah, and
2: they're all gonna yeah. laugh at you. Uh, was birthed from Adam Sandler in my mind, but in reality,
1: in yeah. reality,
2: it's Carrie's it mom. It was Carrie's mom. Yeah.
0: So uh,
1: Margaret White. Good mom or bad mom? Oh, uh,
2: She's a horrible, horrible bad mother. And I will go on further to say that she is also a terrible person. And also, congratulations, she's burning in hell. So that's how the movie ends. Yeah. So they're burning hell. So right so, on. Right on, Carrie. Get yours.
0: Father, one, Father, one, I ah! All
2: right. Next up, what do we got, Doge? Next up is the 1990 classic directed by Christopher Columbus. Another John Hughes production, Catherine O'Hara in Home Alone. Yes! This is the most polarizing one. It's like good mom or bad mom. This is the one where I think decisions uh, might differ. We both love Home Alone. Of course. Every Christmas we watch Home Alone. Yes. Right? Of course. Home Alone's a staple. I've seen it a million yeah. times. But the, the debate is always good mom or bad mom. What kind of mother am I? Well,
1: first of all, I had no no idea that Catherine O'Hara's name was Kate in this movie until I looked it up. So that is kind of what first freaked me out. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the title of the character. That's the, ti- fucking... the name of the character is what first freaked Whoa, me out. Crazy I, mean, crazy. I know it's crazy, right? Here's the deal. Uh, she banished her kid to the attic, you know, for being a little jerk. Dude, okay,
2: okay first off, no. If somebody said, look what you did, you little jerk, um, my mom would have slapped the shit out of him.
0: Fuck what did you, did. you did,
2: you little jerk. It wasn't
1: just a somebody. It was an uncle. It was and
2: an uncle. It was a dick uncle. The fact that it was she the never, dick s- uncle. And she's so mean. And she's such, like, you know, she's so aggressive that she should have no problem putting that uncle in his place. But Why did she never do it? Because she was hosting a household nah, full she just of let, people. She just let Kevin get his fucking dick smacked in, in front of everybody. Maybe Kevin needed to. Kevin was being a little jerk. Maybe he ain't pizza. Like this, like he had every right
1: to act like this. He just like got he couldn't pick the pepperoni off. What is he a vegetarian now?
2: I don't know, but it's he <laughs> got a tough break, and his mom showed him no love that night at all. It's not just the fact that she forgot about it, she she never. And fucking recognized him. The only time she recognized him was like, get the fuck upstairs. That's the yeah, only time yeah. she ever cared about Kevin. Well, she did rely on the
1: oldest daughter to count heads. And the oldest daughter did confirm how many boys, how many girls. There was
2: at least that check-in. I'm not saying that excuses her.
1: She um, starts off
2: like, I get it, the redemption sword. All right, look at Look at the McAllisters. Big ass house. A bunch of, like, taking everybody to France. She's probably. They like, got dollar bills. She's got dollar bills. So is she even around? Does she even have a relationship with Kevin? I don't even think so. You think she's a mom that works? She she gotta be. How are you gonna afford that we, house? We don't know what what Kevin McCallister's he dad sells does. drugs. Then if, that, <laughs> if that's a one income home, he, Kevin's dad sells drugs, and that's why they're flying over big right? time. Yeah, so they're flying the drugs and, over. And and that's they why they were in first class. To, ah. They were supposed to have Kevin smuggle the drugs. He fucking boxed a whole thing. <laughs> that's my
1: <laughs> right, take so on. that's your take on Home Alone. Home Alone. That's <laughs> the, that's what I saw at first. This has gone really off the rails. Um, uh, Kate starts off bad mom yes but give me an example of her being good she does everything in her power to get back to him Kevin! from swapping earrings to rings trying to get on flights trying to travel she's, she's across an ocean bro it's not like she's down the street i mean it takes a second she even took a u-haul with john candy Love John Candy always. Um, Of course. Well, okay. First off, yeah, she did all that, but... She listened to like seven hours of polka in the back of a U-Haul. with
2: John Candy. That sounds like an awesome time. The polka king of of the Midwest? Everyone's just like, oh, Polka, polka, polka.
0: Allow me to introduce
2: myself. Gus Polinski. That actually sounds like a delightful experience. If it
1: was John Candy in real life, delightful experience. Those guys look like... Polka king of the Midwest?
2: Not quite as delightful. I don't know. He's kind make- of obnoxious. I'm kind of a fan of Polka King. I would have rocked that. I would have made the best of the situation.
1: A Twin Lakes Polka, Tamavuji Polka, aka Kiss Me Polka.
2: And what she did, she did all this shit. And literally, she got there like two minutes before. She probably cost the family so much money. And, <laughs> and just like everybody said, hey, we'll, we'll figure it out. You are already a shitty mom. Don't need to fucking put but us I think in it financial was important danger. that Kevin see her face first. She would have been the first one first. in anyway.
1: Lock the rest of them yeah, out. Yeah, she would have been like, like boom. That's my how good. she,
2: like, yeah, she would have shoved them, locked them out, and then had her mom. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Like, love Catherine O'Hara. Great character. But I don't know. I, I just don't know how you forget your kid. And I cannot ignore the fact that Home Alone 2 happened. So she did it twice. Home Alone 2
1: does not matter in this discussion. And he was lost in New York, not left at home.
2: Yeah, I get it. But still, like I'm just saying if my mom like lost me once, I would be on a leash for the rest of my life. She should have been like Kevin. Remember last time when you were a little fucking dick. Now you're to my hip and like leashed him, and that's it. Like that's that's what you have to do to Kevin in that situation. He's a wild animal. You can't let him just go so running you, through the airport by yourself. With a, by treating man. your child like and like a domesticated pet. I'm seeing sometimes, sometimes <laughs> some situations call for it, you know. And if you lose your kid one time, I think the next vacation you would probably be a little more hyper aware of that fucking kid, right? And she wasn't. But again, not permissible in the court of law. I'm sorry. Bad mom. I can't believe you said that. I said bad mom. You know what? She is the queen of bad moms. That's all she is, is a bad mom. She plays the best bad moms. Don't get me wrong. I mean, shits Creek, obviously amazing. And then you have Beetlejuice. Horrible mom. Love her. Bad mom. That's all I'm saying. Um, can I plead the fifth? No. Say fucking good mom and move on. That's it.
1: I'm so upset right now. I'm so upset. We could disagree. You know what? Fuck you. Good mom. I love Catherine O'Hara. All right, fine. Um, Uh, You got any fun facts for this film? I do.
2: Looking that up.
0: Thush! I'm going through all your private stuff.
2: This movie, I remember seeing this movie vividly in the theater. Like, this is one of the first movies I remember. This is like, if you had T2, I had uh, Home Alone, you know? So. I remember, I if that theater was still around, I could show you the seat I sat in, dude. Wow. I had such a, like a, a profound moment in this. We're talking River Oaks and
1: Kaysville City. Oh aren't we? yeah, you know. Oh me. yeah,
2: it was that was a moment? Uh, it was Christmas time when with my cousins. Boom, saw this movie, blew my mind. Home Alone spent twelve weeks at number one. Twelve weeks, and it's a Christmas movie. Yeah, people were like, "Fuck it, it's the end of February. I'm going to go see Home Alone because it was awesome." So literally until spring, they were like Christmas. Movies. It was a top. 10 movie until June. Wow. So uh Wow. So it played theaters for half a year plus. Just killing it, dude. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I remember seeing that movie multiple times in theater. It was just like, you gotta see, you gotta see it home alone. How many times can you see it? I mean, wow. But what's crazy is that I found out that uh Joe Pesci, obviously, great in this role, um, got the role because Robert De Niro turned Uh. it down. Robert De Niro could have been in Home Alone. It would have been a whole different type of movie. It would have been
1: uh, very strange. I mean, here's the but, thing. Pesci does comedy in a different style than De Niro does. And Pesci's comedy with Daniel Stern be as good perfect, as it was. Yeah. Morph. Harry? Why the hell did you take your shoes off? Why the hell are you dressed like a chicken? You know,
2: the whole thing would have been different. And it would have been way different if John Lovitz was in it too, because he what? was supposed to be in it. Yeah.
1: John Lovitz? Ah!
2: Home Alone, agree to disagree. Yes, bad mom. Good mom. Get the hell out of here. All right, Johnny.
1: All right, going next is 1979's The Brood, directed by David Cronenberg.
0: You didn't come here because you love me. You came here to take our daughter away and give her to somebody else. Oh,
2: <laughs> Dude, yeah. Um, Starring
1: Samantha Egger as Nola Carveth. Right. Uh, she's quite terrifying. Yeah, she's- As the mother figure. She's kind of weird. This is a uh, this is a weird movie, dude. Uh, basically, the film is about Frank, the father figure, played by Art Hindle, the actor that looks like everyone, ever. God, no. He yes. sends his wife to some kind of refuge where she's going to get right because she has crazy eyes.
2: Yeah, I don't really know what her deal is. Um, but, but she's not right. She's not right, and she's uh, she does some bad mom techniques. I think. I
0: sicken you. You hate me.
2: Um,
1: she's very accepting of her mutant children. True. All right. Fair
2: enough. She, no, she's uh, not uh, judgmental about that. She almost had her human child murdered by her monster children, and I think that's a pretty poor quality for a mom.
0: Kill Candace before I'd let you take her!
2: And I can't stress enough how crazy her eyes are, and that is a real bad quality. You don't want a mom with crazy eyes. That's just unnerving.
1: And no offense to Samantha Eger. I'm sure she tried
2: to look extra crazy, and guess what? You did it. You succeeded, yeah. You had crazy eyes throughout that movie, and you made me uncomfortable. That's what happens to me when I watch Cronenberg. I love watching Cronenberg movies. But it's really like I'm licking a nine-bowl battery for <laughs> 90 minutes. Like, I mean,
1: that's a really good way to describe it. I just them.
2: don't – I mean, I don't like it, but I like it. And I don't know why I do it to myself, but it's, I do it to myself.
1: Pun intended, it's like a car accident, and you have dude, to
2: watch it. Crash fucked me up, dude. Yeah.
1: I had seen The Brood before, but this was your first viewing of it. Yeah. So I was really excited for you to see this film and tell me how much you loved or hated it or were confused. Yeah. Um, and I think you kind of landed on the last.
2: Yeah, I landed on all. <laughs> I loved and hated this movie and it was confusing and it was just everything I wanted it to be. Like It was just like, cool. I know what I'm about to watch is just gonna be like maybe maybe one day it will all like make sense to me. That's what it will be. I'll be like walking down the street and I'll see like something gross on the side of the street and then the brood will hit me in my brain and I'll be like, I get it. Mm-hmm. I know you so well, and it won't work. It won't work. Psychiatrist kind of manipulates in her thinking that she could do or that she can do. He unlocked this thing and then he kind of lost control of it. It's almost a little like Frankenstein monster-ish thing. He like created this woman who is now, like, birthing these, like, creepy monsters who go out and, like, kill people who, um, kind of fuck her off. So, basically, this mom's like, oh, somebody's talking shit, I'm gonna have one of my mutant kids... Go climb in the closet and, and revenge children, revenge mutants. Yeah, she's got some, uh, she's, she's making an army uh,
1: like mutant babies, but it is a very, uh, oh, it's Cronenberg, non, so yeah, just, non-typical way. You Use your know, imagination. <laughs> yeah, she
2: doesn't pop them right out. That's not, that's <laughs> not how it works. It's really gross. And Dude, it's when you saw
1: that scene, your fucking eyes were like bugging out. Yeah, man.
2: like, yeah, <laughs> believe it or not, I had a visceral reaction to a mom like biting an embryo sack and <laughs> pulling a child out that looks like a um, Mad Max mutant. Yeah, I was I was deterred to say the least. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's a that's a fucking real reaction that someone should have. Oh, watching God.
1: Cronenberg, The Fly, Dead Ringers, my personal favorite history of violence. Uh, there is not a filmmaker like him. But the question of the day is Samantha Agar, Nola, Carvath, good mom or bad mom? Bad mom. I'm going bad mom. Yeah. So, Bad mom. Sorry, Samantha.
0: No, I disgust you.
1: Uh, One more question. Yeah. Cronenberg
2: or Lynch? If I had to choose David's, I'm going with Cronenberg because at least I know he's going to make me really uncomfortable. And I think that, you know, sometimes Lynch just leaves me confused. You know, I think purposely as well. Obviously, yeah. I would rather feel like uncomfortable than uh, yeah, like stupid. Yeah, <laughs> That's what I feel like sometimes <laughs> when I watch David Lynch movies, I'm like, really, everybody got this? I like it just sailed over my head, and I'm the only one that doesn't get fucking. And yeah, David Lynch like Lynch you have to act like you got it. Yeah, I'm a, oh yeah, oh it was yeah, great. yeah. I didn't yeah. Know Symbolism was happening. Like it takes me like three or four times to watch it, and it's just like such an exhausting. It's like. Oh, God. So, yeah. Oh. No, I'm going to go Kronberg. I'm not afraid to say
1: it. All right. All right. No, like Carfath. Bad mom. You're
0: lying. You're lying. I know.
2: What do you got next for us, Doge? I got the 1994 classic directed by John Waters starring Kathleen Turner as mom. I'm talking serial mom.
0: Motherfucker.
2: Kathleen Turner is hilarious and perfect in this movie. This is uh, a perfect satire of a house mom, suburban mom, um, becoming a serial killer. Yeah. And just going on a, a hardcore killing spree around the neighborhood for people. You don't disrespect mom's family without getting a knife in your back.
1: Yeah. You talk shit about my kids or my husband you
2: get murked. Yeah. Jesus. That's pretty much the way Kathleen Turner
1: handled her business. Listen
0: to your filthy mouth, you
2: fucking whore. Did Kathleen Turner kill a lot of people in this movie? Yes. Yes. Were some of them petty? Yeah. Yeah. But she was coming from a right place, I think. First killing, parent teacher conference, goes, and talks to her son's teacher, her son, I'm Matthew Lillard, in his first feature film. So she talks to this teacher. This teacher's like, yo, your kid likes horror films. Uh, he needs to go to therapy. Bullshit. And she was just like, hey. Uh, what does she give him? Like cookies
1: or donuts or something? Like some treat she made. Right? And she's then, a good
2: mom. She gives a little bake. You know, she was going there to be nice. Yeah.
1: He's unsuspecting. And what does she do? She punches the gas on the old station wagon. Runs him over a few times. and <laughs> Yeah. But she hits him with the car, then backs over him. It's
2: great. <laughs> yeah, she, she gives him the one, two, uh, three, four uh, a few times. That might be a little petty, but, you know, at least good from a good place. You know, she didn't want her son to... But then uh, she goes home and makes a meatloaf for the family. Yeah, a good, good mean, mom. Maybe she did some bad things, but good intentions. So the next time she kills is because her daughter's heart was broken. Ricky Lake. Ricky Lake's poor heart
1: was broken. And it was all body image shit. Her boyfriend was like, lose 10 pounds. And then he ends up,
2: you know, dating a porn star, essentially. So yeah. what Kathleen Turner did because of that... Was stab him in the back with a fire poker and pull out his. I am guessing it was his spleen. I want to say it was a spleen, a spleen or liver.
1: It looked it was, like it, was, it was, was gore.
2: Yeah, it was a spleen or liver, and but bam, stabbed in the bathroom of a flea market. That's how you die if you break my daughter's heart. Please. But with that said, if you are going to go to a bathroom in a flea market, I don't uh, think fifty-fifty deserve- 50 chance you get stabbed. No, flea markets uh, is the land of the people, bro. bro yeah, you, that's where you get that bootleg T2, bro. And maybe a couple pocket knives that you have on here I probably <laughs> bought at a fucking flea market. Don't, talk, don't disrespect the flea market. Those are good people. But yeah, I'm saying if you cheat on um, my daughter and tell her to lose 10 pounds, then you die in a flea market bathroom. But what's up with the fact that she kills her with a fire poker... Uh, flings off
1: the gore uh, in the bathroom, but doesn't really bother to wipe the fire poker Yet off. Yeah,
2: again, not... Uh, she's
1: not really very good. I mean, she's good at killing, but not good at covering up the
2: killing. Yeah, yeah, she doesn't really... Uh, that's not her style. That's not her MO. Yeah, it's The next person she kills is because her husband, you know? Dentist working long hours. Now he gets these. Oh, this old lady calling him, bitching him out. And she oh, had, yeah, it's his day off. They're supposed yeah. to have a nice picnic. And now some old dude's tooth ruined their day. So she had to break into their house and kill them both. Naturally, naturally. You know?
1: And also that old dude, you know, he was abusing his teeth, eating like a slob. Yeah, that was
2: honestly the grossest scene in this movie involves two people eating chicken. Um, I like chicken and I agree with you. It was very gross uh, yeah no thank you so yeah and she didn't like that too you eat like an animal you get killed and it might be a little petty but again, you know uh, I'll let it I'll let it slide D- Does she kill him or her with a chicken bone or something like that? No the next one she kills uh, an old lady with like I think a ham bone <laughs> and uh, bone because she didn't rewind her movie and I worked at a video store before and I kind of agree with that. They had already
1: given her several breaks, her son that works at the video store, the horror movie freak. And she was like, I'm not
2: paying the dollar. And she was a total. Yeah. She was a little, she was a little bitty about it. And she got fucking beat upside her head because of that. And that's what <laughs> happens. Actions have consequences. Like yeah. she was just doing what any, you know, protective mother uh, would do. Please be kind. Rewind.
0: You Thank you all.
1: There's a lot of fun facts about this movie. Let's go through a few of
2: them. Yeah. So, what's awesome is that when she beats this old lady over the head with a leg of meat, uh, The Sun Will Come Out tomorrow from Annie is playing. Which the old lady's singing at the top the, the She's the top singing of the with scene. her little dog, getting her feet licked, and then just gets her uh, brains beating. And it's like shocking. You're like, really? How did they get this song to be in this? The movie? juxtaposition of that is, is like. It's Sean Waters, it's, perfect. So they paid sixty thousand oh, dollars to use that song, and I think you know what—money well spent.
1: Yeah, to see somebody get beat to death to uh, Annie.
2: Well, yeah, that's it's great, fantastic. great kill scene. And what, what's, my, what's my favorite part is that the movie opens up with, uh, this is based on a true story. <laughs> and then you watch the movie and you're like, what the fuck? And I would have heard like, about this. Yeah, <laughs> No, it wasn't. And that's just like the best thing. That, so it's like John Waters is like, it's based on a true story. It's like, really? No. I think all movies should open I, up with I mean, that's based the best, on a true story. Like, Wouldn't your mind just be blown if just like the next uh, Avengers movie is like based on a true story? You'd be like, yeah, Wait, I don't like, remember. What the fuck? Is <laughs> the blip?
1: Maybe <laughs> I was in it. <laughs> Funniest thing Kathleen Turner says in the film.
2: Oh, the brown word. And I'm not saying, like, I'm not talking about shit. She literally says the brown word as referring to shit. And that's hilarious. <laughs> that's a good mom. You know, she doesn't even want to swear in front of her kids. Like, again, I can't, I can only, like, um, listen, I will defend the murderer all day. But I will also compliment how she still was running that house, dude. Uh, fun fact, the band in the movie, uh the camel
1: lips which is really
2: <laughs> which is perfect that's a john waters joke you're yeah. like yeah pig blood opened up for camel lips oh time. really
1: yeah yeah i heard they yeah. were good it was a good double bill but yeah. that was played by l7 awesome uh, band. great band from the 90s um and uh i guess really only only one question remains mom played by kathleen turner is she good or is she bad she's a good mom i'm gonna say she's a great mom there
2: you go
0: Hello? Is this the cocksucker residence? God damn you, stop calling here! Isn't this 4215 Pussy Way? You bitch! Now let me check the zip code 212FUCK YOU!
2: What do you got next?
1: Mrs. Voorhees, played by Betsy Palmer, from Friday the 13th, the 1980 version, of course, directed by Sean S. Cunningham.
0: Well, I, I'm Mrs. Voorhees, an old friend of the Christies.
2: That's a boiler. Yes. Oh, Miss Voorhees. Yes, she is the killer of Friday the 13th, part one. <laughs> so listen, Drew Barrymore got killed because she didn't know. Jason's mom was the killer, so... Uh, That's true. So, serious consequences are... are, Yeah, you should know that, so...
1: So, uh, in the film, Mrs. Voorhees, uh, she goes around killing camp counselors at Crystal Lake in revenge for previous camp counselors that were busy having sex
2: while her special needs
1: child drowned to death.
2: Yeah, that's basically... It's the start of, you have sex, you die. That's what uh, was kind of put into my mind as a child... If I have sex, I will probably catch a machete in the back of my head. Like that's what it was really worth it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Sometimes you got to risk getting murdered uh, to have a good time, you know.
1: We weren't doing anything. We were just messing.
2: Matching- <laughs> she again was just getting some revenge. Is that is that a bad quality? Let's see. Um, a lot of kids were were killed because of her. Her waiting ten years
1: in yeah. essentially a shed, wearing the same
2: clothes, dude. eating raccoons. I'm guessing. Yeah. Well, uh, she had a she had a train, dude. She had to get yoked to kill all these teenagers. Like that's like they're, that they're still, your theory, right? These kids are like in in good shape, so she was just like, all right, I'm gonna go to this shed and I'm gonna train and she did a Rocky montage for 10 years. So in your mind, Mrs. Forhees is just Rocky Four. She has to be like she showed some incredible physical strength in this movie. Really that lady killed all these people? I don't really buy that. I mean I buy the reason but to shove that arrow through the back of uh bacon Kevin, that like that's some torque there. I mean you're it's a weird angle and that's like a that's a big muscle there. Dare I I say
1: you are underestimating the strength of women. It's been reported that They have lifted Volkswagens
2: off babies. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. And I've heard in times mothers have shoved arrows through people's back. Oh, I couldn't let them open this place again. Could I? Listen, she waited till like at least like 20 years later. So. I think that is a little past the statute of limitations. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it was like 20 plus years later, and uh, you gotta you gotta act in the moment. If you act in the moment, I can give you a pass. But like you waited 20 years, so with Kathleen Turner, you understood it. It was in the moment. It was passion. Yeah, you. I mean, those people were affecting her family right but, then. Boom taken care of she waited a little too long I mean okay so Jason's mom did just chill out in a cabin like living off a raccoon for 20 years getting yoked so she can take down teenagers having sex you're not gonna you're not gonna get closer like that in Mrs. Voorhees you're not gonna get closure like that
1: <laughs> so Mrs. Voorhees obviously motivated good mom
2: or bad mom it's tough. You know, You, I want to say good, but I think she waited too long, and she should have killed the original kids. She's just out for, for justice, and she's not going to get it, okay? Closure comes within, and you took those innocent kids' lives, so I'm sorry, Miss Voorhees. You are a bad mom. Wow. Closure comes within? Yeah. I'm going to write
1: that down because that was beautiful. <laughs> I, want, I, want I think I needed to, to hear that right now. Write it and put it on your you mirror i so you see it every day. You know day. what? I, I'm changing my original
2: thought. Uh Bad mom. There you go, bad mom.
0: Are they all dead? Yes, ma'am. Is he dead too? Ma'am, we didn't find any boy. Then he's still there.
2: All right, Doge, what do you got next? I'm going with Christopher Columbus's 1993 box office hit, <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire. Wow, two Chris Columbus films. Yes, and you know what? Listen, you think I'm going to be talking about Mrs. Doubtfire as a good mom, but I'm not. Oh who no! I'm, who I'm going to put on blast is a uh, little Miss Sally Field. I uh, am going to present to you a case that she is a bad mom.
0: Don't you dare make me out to be the monster here, Daniel. Don't you dare.
1: Uh, she plays uh, Miranda Hillard is the mother's name. Yes, Miranda Hillard. Okay. Uh, Miranda. Sally Field, a great actress of and uh, normally
2: a good mom. She is. But, in but not one, in this film. She's out of pocket, man. I got to say, she's done some stuff that I don't personally agree with. First off, she's married to Robin Williams in this movie, all right? Yeah. The great, hilarious Robin Williams. I get that he, he's high energy. I'm sure he, he's probably pretty exhausting. And I He could see, be a bit much. I could see He could be that. a bit much. But listen, I mean, he's great with the kids. You know how she rewards him for being a great father and throwing an amazing birthday party for their son? She says, I want a divorce. <laughs> On her son's 12th birthday, a kid heard it, fucking trauma forever, yeah. and an old poor Robin Williams is like, what do you want from me? I just threw an awesome banger for my son for his 12th just birthday. Just trying to be a great dad. I'm just trying to be the best dad I can be, and listen, yeah, I quit my job earlier, Let's but don't yeah. worry about it. But why'd he quit his job? They wanted me to do like a smoking cartoon, basically. I'm not letting kids smoke cigarettes on my watch. <laughs> so he quit, throw a banger for his kid, and then he gets divorced because of that.
1: Just realize you're spending too much time with those corporate clones you used to despise!
0: I spent too much time with you, Daniel! It's over! It's over!
2: What's even worse, she asks for the divorce, and then she takes the kids, and he can't see his kids. Like, he... just because he threw a little house party, he can't see his kids? But there was a goat at that house party, right? There's a goat, yeah, <laughs> but listen, I, that's Honestly, what makes, that it makes it a makes banger. It better. <laughs> you're not gonna have a banger without a goat, dude. It's just facts. Amanda.
0: Listen, we've got problems, but who doesn't? We can work them out. What are you talking about? It's over.
2: We've been trying to work them out for 14 years. And then just to rub it in his face, she's like, hey, listen, I got to hire a nanny because uh, I got nobody to watch the kids. He's like, me, let me watch it. She's like, no, fuck you. You can't see your kids. What does she do for a living? She's a lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. She couldn't she doesn't know how to manipulate the law a little bit to let like No, she knows her how to husband. fuck Robin Williams. She's that's like, No, up. I'm taking your kids. You can't see them one day a week. Oh, I need more money because I gotta hire a maid. Hey, can I be that maid? No. So then she boos up with fucking James Bond. Yeah. I mean that's Come on. that's funny man kryptonite there. You can't compete against James Bond. It's I don't fucking care how James funny Bond.
0: You are. Look at me right now, money penny. One time, do that bull and get to know you. So she
2: just rips his heart out. She goes with James Bond, introducing the kids to James Bond. I think maybe a little too soon. I don't know if I'm in the pocket to say that, but Listen, I think it was a little
1: early. You know what? As a child of divorce, I will say it too fucking early. Thank you. I'm
2: glad you can handle that <laughs> that, that that topic. I got you. <laughs> but you got to think. Okay, she's so she's a lawyer. That means law school. Who's holding on the fort where she's in law school? Oh yeah, what's that? Five years plus the bar, seven years. years? Who's Robin Williams? Williams. Robin Robin Williams. Williams. And as soon as she gets that money in, she's like, Yo, get out. Yeah, she I'm gonna gonna upgrade to James Bond. Yeah, she got her paper, upgraded the James Bond,
1: and then Robin Williams went to his brother, who's a special effects artist, to make him into a seventy year old woman. Yeah, that's that's how much he loves his kids.
0: Bottom line, I need to be with my children. And I'll do anything to do that. You just tell me what to do.
2: He was under that mask, with breathing through straws out his nose for his kids. Oh yeah, it was a Freddy Krueger. You think that's comfortable? He was just (laughs) rocking that, like what forty hours a week? Just like this is my life. How does he get repaid? You can never ever see your kids. And again, it's not until he gets a little glow up. Until you know, Mrs. Doubtfire catches steam at the TV show. She sees him on TV killing it, probably making money, and then comes out of nowhere and is like, "Okay, now you can see your kids." I think um, that's that's a red flag right there, man. I hate to use this term, but uh, cunt. <laughs> that wasn't the
1: one. <laughs> that wasn't what I was going to use. But I know you love to jump
2: to the extreme. I was I'm, sorry, say I'm, go- I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Sally. Gold Digger is what I was thinking of. <laughs> no, I'll lie. I mean, it but, just, she had some real poor quality in this movie. Not you, Sally Field. No. Miranda Hillard. Miranda Hillard and I will have some words if I ever see her. Uh, Is it safe to say that this film triggers you, Doge? I think this is, you know what? To be honest, I am a little triggered by it because I feel that this could easily happen to me. I feel that I could be in a situation where I'm married and have kids, and my wife comes home and there's a goat in the house, and she's like, yo, this is it. I'm done. I will be a high energy, there will be voices. It'll be a lot of. Uh, you like the party. I like the party. I like to have fun. I like to make jokes. So did Robin Williams, and it got it ruined his life. You feel sympathy,
1: you know, for the guy who supposedly made mistakes, um, but his mistakes are
2: bullshit. Basically, it comes down to you know her good quality is that she paid the bills. All right, she held down the house, and then finally. Finally, she let her husband see his own kids, which I guess is a good thing. But I mean, come on. I think that's bare minimum. Yeah. So, so
1: uh, good mom or bad mom. She's
2: the, t- she's the worst
1: mom on this list. Wow. Worst mom. She's my second worst mom on this list. But damn, is she bad. Yeah. It's a uh, bad mom. Hey. Mr. Hillard, do you consider yourself humorous? I used to. There was a time
0: when I found myself funny. But today you have proven me wrong. Thank you.
1: What do you got? All right, what I have next is 2014's Goodnight Mommy. Oh, Creep Town. Mommy. I'm going to butcher these names. This film is directed by Severin Fiala and Veronica Franz. It's an Austrian film, and it stars Suzanne, and I apologize for butchering your last name. Wurst. Wurst. God, I'm so stupid. But she plays Mutter, uh, M-U-T-T-E-R. This film we saw when it first came out in the theater, and it's safe to say it fucking terrified us.
2: Yeah, this movie uh, fucked me up the first time I saw it,
1: and... It fucked me up the second time I saw it. Yeah, upon my recent reviewing, uh, nothing changed except the screen got smaller.
2: <laughs> yeah, for real. So um, it's an incredible movie, though. I love the direction, cinematography, script, acting. like the, It nails it, but it's an uncomfortable and uh, total fuck of a movie. And it's a slow burn. You have to be patient with this film. But if you do, the payoffs are
1: incredible. So times.
2: in this movie, we're talking about the mother who is bedridden or bandaged up for the most of the movie because she just got out of surgery. Maybe I don't I think she had like a facelift or something. Yeah, she's she doing she's something with a some
1: semi famous person who has some kind of facial surgery that's major and she's wrapped
2: in almost as many bandages as the mummy. Yes. And while she's going through this rehab, she has uh twin boys that are around like, I don't know, seven years old, just kind of like kitten a creepy little boy stuff, but it's getting like kind of super creepy and they're looking at their mom and they're like, you know what? I don't know if that's our, why are twins in horror movies? so, So just so creepy. I don't know. I think it's like, because I think everybody secretly wants a twin, you know? and you're yeah. a little jealous too yeah. it'd be awesome to have a twin you could do so much like, oh, it be so mischievous but yes uh, you know, so many things else. anyways off the point <laughs> so so um, mom's all bandaged up and the kids are thinking is that mom or not and uh, cause she's th- acting quite strange since surgery yeah. which probably has a lot to do with the drugs das? that? not unsere mom Everyone's a little off, and you you don't really know what's going on. And is that really her mom? Or like their mom? a David Lynch
1: amount of strange?
2: Yeah, it's pretty bizarre. So if you look at her actions, you know, so a good quality. Uh, she plays games with the kids. Playing games is good. Yeah, and she also left a beautiful message to the kids before she went into surgery. You know, she's singing her lullaby, and she's a really sweet mom in that. But when she gets out of surgery. That's when things get a little uh, weird, you know? Yeah, yeah, So, yeah. she looks insane, first off. Uh, she I don't looks, know if that's... Yeah, I mean, that's, that has a
1: lot to do with it. The imagery is so striking on her. Yeah, I mean, she it, looks terrifying. pretty intense. It would
2: scare any kid. It scared me, and I'm an adult. Yeah. <laughs> she gets a little physical with the kid, you know? Uh, okay, hold on. This is what we do here now. Listen, people. If you haven't seen this movie, you're going to need to, like... Yeah, you got to fast forward. Skip like, I don't know, let's say 45 seconds, because this is like a crazy twist to this movie. Major spoiler. What you find out is that these two twins that are like, you know, playing with this, uh, playing together is only one twin. And his twin died earlier. And that kid has basically lost his mind. And his imaginary dead brother is telling him to... Burn his mom alive, and that's what he he does. And do other
1: terrible things to her, and basically feeding his brother this whole "she's not your mom" bit. So the mom is really reacting to the fact that she is dealing with her own trauma. Uh, keeps bringing up his dead brother, her dead
2: son. So, exactly. She's going through some stress right now. And (laughs) I I find it kind of uh, strange to be like, hey, listen, I know one of my children just died and I'm going to get reconstructive face surgery and let my one child just kind of... Be alone with his thoughts all day. Like, what's I mean, going to happen?
1: He had uh, some sort of caretaker, but that person was in. Was that? Am I imagining that was that person who I'm
2: Yeah, no, that was just like Red Cross came in. And was Red like, Cross. Hey, what's up? <laughs> and then was like, no, it's cool. I'm not losing my mind. So the mom was going through a lot of stress too. I, I get the the grieving process has to be crazy, but uh, some decisions were made, and I gotta I gotta say, I still think. More good than bad on Good Night, Mommy. I actually think this is the case where we uh, are going to break the rule. These are bad kids. Or bad kid. Does a parent make a bad kid or does a kid make a bad parent? Who knows? Yeah. I, I think mean, that's a whole really, other topic. Yeah.
1: What this film does great, at least for me, is it kept making me choose sides and I kept switching. Am I on the kids' side? Am I on the mom's side? Kids' yeah. side? Mom's side. And it also does a, a fantastic job of building tension.
2: It's a great movie, and I have to decide if um, she is a mother, a
1: good mom, or a bad mom. She's a good mother. You know what? I'm gonna agree. She's a good mother, she's just
2: misunderstood. Any uh, fun facts? So this movie was actually filmed in order, and I guess the actors weren't given a script. Oh, really? I guess they were just given sides. Um, so they didn't. So they didn't really know. That day. They didn't know what was really happening in it, like if that was really the mom or what's going on. So that was pretty cool, and to do that with you know, I don't know, seven-year-old boys. Uh, I think they were like nine, but either way, they were young. Yeah, they were, they were, young, were young kids. kids. But what's really interesting is that this idea is based on a real syndrome called uh, Capgras syndrome, and that's it called the imposter syndrome, where people actually believe that someone has been replaced with an imposter. So, wow, that's insane! When did the filmmakers stumble upon that article? Cool idea. I really hope uh, one day you suffer from that because that would be pretty cool to to watch me just fall apart and yeah. yeah, and think
1: yeah. that I'm an imposter or that you're an imposter. Uh,
2: um, ooh, I don't know. I mean. It would make for good television. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: uh mutter. Good mudder. That is some good mutter. All right, Doge. So that brings us
2: to our final film on this Mother's Day Spectacular. Yes, we have to end proper with maybe the worst mom in cinema history, the nineteen eighty-one. Frank Perry film starring Faye Dunaway as Joan Crawford in Mommy Dearest.
0: Tina, look at
2: me when I'm talking to you. Now, I don't know if you know about this movie. I had heard of it, but never seen it until we watched it. This is like, this is peak bad mom. I watched it a few times as a kid. My mom did not want me to watch this movie because mothers are not portrayed well in this movie, but I saw it. You know, it never really struck me, but I realized like yesterday that this is like supposedly based on a true story.
1: Yeah, um it's based on Joan Crawford's real life and the movie surprisingly came out 4 years after Joan Crawford's death. Mm. Um so Joan Crawford was kind of known to be raised as this hard as nails woman and she couldn't have kids and the adoption agencies would not allow her to have kids because she was twice divorced and a single working parent. Now, you got to remember, this is the 40s and 50s in Hollywood, but she had a big swinging dick lawyer boyfriend who worked for MGM. He pulled some strings, bada bing, bada boom. She has two kids with hair so
2: blonde they could, they could belong to the Aryan Nation. Boom. Yeah, you want a kid? I can get you a kid. That's how, yeah. that's how things went down. This is
0: very important to me. I don't want any trouble from you.
1: There are certain members of the family that are like, that fucking happened. And certain ones that are like, that did not fucking happen. She's a liar. And I think that's why you only see two kids in the film when she, in fact, had four adopted children. That's right. After seeing this movie, this woman had adopted two other children. Four total children.
2: Movie star manages to have it all. Career Home and family. Uh-huh. It's crazy. Well, what's like really kind of uh, lost is that she was a big movie star. She was She's an dear. Academy Award yeah. winning movie like, star. This is like, let's say modern day, if like Julia Roberts was the type of mom. That's how shocking it would be. Faye Dunaway is playing Joan Crawford, and she's playing her like a complete maniac. Like, manic episodes, just crazy bipolar outbursts, and it's just such a, like visceral and over the top uh performance, well, but it's just like so in your face and yeah for yeah. two hours you're just suffocated by this horrible mom. Why do you deliberately defy me?
1: Joan Crawford was known as this bigger than life force, you know? Right. And I think he said, Faye Dunaway, player bigger, and everybody else just act normal. And so she comes off like a fucking psychopath.
2: I think maybe uh that's that's how it rolled. You get it! It's crazy to think that, you know, you have a chance to be adopted by a movie star or grow up in a a foster home. And believe it or not, the decision is the
1: foster home. You would think it would be the movie star's home and a good life and good schools. But, I mean, the amount of terrible things that Faye Dunaway, Joan Crawford
2: does to her oldest daughter, Christina, in in this film are shocking. Good mom, bad mom. Give me an example of her being a bad mom in this movie? Uh, I can give several. You just want one. Yeah. I'll give you my favorite one,
1: is when she beats her 7- or 8-year-old daughter in the back with a metal coat hanger repeatedly because she has hung her $300 dresses on the coat hangers. Now, I actually have two different points of view on this. Okay. One... She's not wrong. She, It is a $300 dress that should be hung on a nice coat hanger, okay? But two, how the fuck does a seven or eight-year-old go and buy her own coat hangers? Who the fuck did you think supplied them? And if she did have them in the house and did put them on those instead of the wooden ones, there obviously was an abundance of metal ones in there, wire coat hangers.
2: So it's kind of like, just get rid exactly. of them. Exactly. That kid did not deserve that uh, wire hanger beating. Like they, She didn't put it there. Yeah. She was framed. <laughs> Yo!
0: Love to make me hit you!
1: then she goes in and torches the fucking bathroom and
2: tells her kid to rescrub it when she'd already done it before. I think my favorite part was when she gives her daughter the haircut in front of the mirror. Cause the daughter was acting basically like, uh, Joan Crawford and Joan Crawford's like, don't you act like me? And she just, oh, there her was always, always the a jealousy, screaming, cutting her hair off with scissors and just in front of the mirror. And it's just so like her manic episode is so traumatizing. I mean, she, again, like Carrie's mom, uh, uh, and Joan Crawford cr- cross all of them, you know, mentally, emotionally, psychologically. Mm. Yeah, because because mentally, y- uh, philosophically, uh, <laughs> comically, there was a,
1: a mental and emotional abuse to go along with the physical. Insisting that she be called "Mommy Dearest" and that she mean it, and her daughter kept on becoming defiant. And every time she was defiant, the punishment got worse. Yeah, everything from uh, getting sent to a convent. After being kicked out of a boarding school, yeah, because she kissed a boy,
2: <laughs> and the mom, good old Joan Crawford, steals her daughter's role. Like that's that is the one that made me jaw drop. So her daughter
1: becomes an actress, just like mom. Despite the fact that mom is a total, what's your word you use again? Cunt. Yes. She's a total C next Tuesday, and her daughter gets a job on a soap opera, which her mom kind of gives her a backhanded compliment. Well, it's it's good training nonetheless, um, but it's a real job, and she's acting. She's on TV, and yeah, her mom makes a point it. to watch she's it. She's like,
2: I'm following your footsteps, Mom. Like Even yeah. though you don't want me to, I still love you. Look at me.
1: Yeah. And then she gets an ovarian cyst. Thank goodness is benign, but that's a serious Thank thing. Thank God, yeah. Because she can't work for a little while, and Joan Crawford off. Solve
2: Is to what take the role herself, which she's like forty years older. Yeah, I'll just replace this this child. Like it's crazy that her daughter was twenty eight. So her her daughter's in the hospital bed, all stitched up, and just watching her mom like mow her lawn on television.
1: Yeah, and not playing her mom. You have to understand this. She's playing her. She's like, it doesn't matter. This guy's twenty five, and I'm sixty <laughs> something. Let's we're just say it. Yeah, we're, we're the, the same, same person,
2: even though that's not even my biological daughter.
0: Why did you adopt me?
2: Because I wanted someone to love.
0: Don't
2: you act for me? So what's funny about this is that Serial Mom started with this is based on a true story, which I knew it totally wasn't, and this did not start with it, and I wouldn't believe this either. You know, like. If I watched this movie knowing it was a true story, it would have been, it, it would have shook me too much.
0: It's wonderful. It's wonderful.
2: So, even oh. this, like, so <laughs> we gotta end how the movie ends, too. So, Joan Crawford dies, and of course, leaves the kids with nothing. Joan Crawford was raised. To be tough, to fend for
1: herself, and she believed that upbringing is what her kids needed. But she was a fucking drunk and a psychopath. And we never mentioned the fact that she makes her seven-year-old daughter mix drinks of alcohol and bring them to her. And she drinks some fucking stronger. Yeah, while while she's getting frisky, about to get fucked, she's like, "Bring me a vodka, you know, (laughs) straight." Two ice cubes, and it's not like a little you know swish around the vodka. It's like a tall glass. So basically,
2: she has her seven year old bartending. She then beats her. At one point, she tries to kill her. Yeah. So Joan, horrible mom, really damaged her kid in every way, shape, and form, and then left them with nothing. Like at least you know, if you're gonna be a, a you know a narcissistic rich asshole like at least you, you, you dap your kids out on the way out you know because you've already yeah. fucked them so much like psychologically that at least like you know you know give them some money so they can you know do so you're going, going bad mom them. I'm going bad mom oh because so. I was gonna go uh, good mom <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean, she's the worst mom uh, you know what? actually she I, I wasn't gonna believe it at first but I will I'll admit it she is a worse mom than Sally Field she is the worst mom. Sally yeah. Field never. Sally wished. Field's close to this. She's Sally Field so <laughs> <close. laughs> never so let her not. up, man.
1: <laughs> Look, I don't like to comment on like real people usually, unless I know for sure firsthand that they're a piece of shit. Um, but it's like Joe
2: Crawford's a piece of
1: shit. It's sure as hell seems like that this has been accounted for many a time, and that at the very least, if that wasn't all true, she definitely scarred her children. Absolutely, you know. So, bad, um, bad mom.
0: Why can't you give me the respect that I'm entitled to?
1: Uh, We did a doge that is uh, 10 mom films for Mother's Day.
2: Yeah, you know, uh, we saw some good moms. We saw some bad moms. Yeah, um, I think we're pretty lucky. Exactly. So uh, shout out to all the good moms out there. The moms that, you know, put the milk and cookies out. The moms that, you know, help the kids with the homework. The moms that will like kill a bully, you know, those moms, like I, I'm, <laughs> I'm about those, those moms. those moms. So hopefully you were lucky enough to have one or you are one. Uh, I know I had one. So uh, that's for those moms, you know?
1: Yeah. No, I feel you, man. I feel you. Keep it
2: real though. I'm keeping it real. Uh, this was fun. Uh, Shout out to all the moms I hope They listen to this on Mother's Day Or any day Every day should be Mother's Day So listen to this on Mother's Day Or the next day Or whatever Yeah man Right on Happy Mother's Day And this is Cinematic Quicksand They're all gonna laugh at you
1: Follow Cinematic Quicksand on all your favorite social media and podcast platforms. Music
2: for Cinematic Quicksand was written and performed by Rudy Mancuso and Jamie Rise.